Uh, okay, Chitan. This sutra that we're looking at is uh, Sujato's translation, and it is um, where is it? Oh, in the Angatara Nikaya. It's in the fives, mm-hmm. actually, because it's got five things to it, and it's sutra number 26. And that right at the top, um, you should be able to see, um, let us say, three icons. Uh, the one on the gray, on the right is a down, the one in the middle is a... Uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay, the uh, text settings. So it's a setting symbol. Click that, bring the text settings up, and then you, uh, d- it says display information such as volume page reference. The answer is yes. Display all of that. Then okay. original text with translation put line by line. Okay. And then uh, um, activate the Polly word lookup, and you would look up Polly to English. Yep. The Chinese we're not going to use, okay? So now you mm-hmm. can close that, and by now you should, in fact, see yep. the Polly coming up. <clears throat> yes, right. I can. So, so now that we're looking at it, uh, let's start with... Um, the actual name of the sutta, you can actually see Vimuti right there. Vimuti Yatatana Sutta. Okay. Yep. All right. So you can roll over that, and it says, I don't know what it is. That's the problem mm-hmm. with uh, the dictionary, is that um, you see. <laughs> Thai language and other languages like Sanskrit do not you do the thing that they started using in, in Greek and other Western literature, and that is to put a space between the words. Thai uh, has no spacing between the words. Not at all. Neither, no, but that makes it really hard for a, a smart dictionary to figure it out. Yeah. If, if you can find that space, you can figure it out. So how do they um, decide when they're going to pause between words and phrases and stuff? That's a very good question, because I would assume that bringing it out of the original text is deep in past that they could find, which would probably be Sanskrit. And in fact, there's an entire industry of some people that are doing that. It's, let's get a really good poly first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, um, one of the words that I have a problem with in, uh, the, um, way that, uh, he translates is he always translates bhikkhu in all of its forms into the word mendicant. Ah, yeah, because it's bhikkhave. Okay, bhikkhave. Then so what we uh, we need actually part of the problem of learning a language like Pali or even ancient Greek is is the end of the word determines its case its gender its um, uh, if it's a verb mm-hmm. um, it's uh, how it's declined for um, uh, tense and uh, um, other aspects. Yep. 
So the word here uh, is going to be Bikave in the first one and then uh, Bukuno later because it's used in the change of tense. Yeah. In English, there's no tense change. Yep. Okay. So, um, this is, but first off, let's do this. Let's see if we can get an overall understanding of what this sutta is talking about, and then we'll go in and pick it apart. Can we do sure. that? Yep. Okay, so now let's start with, this is, in fact, uh, a sutta about the five factors or the five practices. Or, in fact, here he's using the word opportunities for freedom. That's an interesting yep. way of putting it. Mendicants, there are these five opportunities for freedom. If a mendicant says, stays diligent, keen, and resolute, three new words we need to look up. <laughs> oh, yeah? At these times, notice he didn't say all times, but at these times, mm -hmm. their mind is free. Their defilements are ended. Now, here they're using asava, not uh, nirvana, but uh, so he's correct in using the word um, defilement here mm -hmm. uh, because that actually goes, if you look down, you can find the word asava uh, in the second half of the second line. Yes. Okay, that's the word for defilement, okay? So let's go back and get the flow again. If a mendicant stays diligent, keen, and resolute at these times, his mind is free, their defilements are ended, and they arrive at a supreme sanctuary. Okay? Supreme uh -huh. sanctuary, huh? That's pretty highfalutin, isn't it? <laughs> okay. That's, in fact, what has happened to the Pali in almost all cases is, is that if the Buddha is trying to give a very practical, down-to-earth kind of teaching, and it falls into the hands of a different group of people from a different culture that wants to exalt and, and exhilarate and make grandiose and greater and greater and higher and higher everything, they begin to translate stuff this way, and because of that, we tend to miss the actual simplicity. Okay. And so we'll look at what that means a little bit uh, uh, later. Okay, so now we say, what, five? First, and this is an interesting one, because um, it points at something that we're doing, in fact, right now. First, the teacher, or a respected spiritual companion teaches the Dhamma to the mendicant. That the mendicant that mendicant feels inspired by the meaning and the teaching of the Dhamma, no matter how the teacher or a respected spiritual companion teaches it. In other words, it doesn't matter about the teacher. But if the if the student gets it and takes inspiration from that, right in that very moment, um, he feels inspired. And because of that, joy springs up. Mm -hmm. With that being joyful, rapture springs up. There you are, sukha and pity. You can find it right here in the Pali. We will in a minute. When the mind is full of rapture, the body becomes tranquil. 
Mm -hmm. I'm against that word tranquil again. A better word would be relaxed. Mm. They go way too high with that kind of stuff. When the mind feels happy and satisfied, the body becomes relaxed. That's what mm. it's saying, and that's just... He's talking about anatomy right here, folks. <laughs> yep. He's not talking about magic, but they have magicalized it. Okay, When the body is uh, relaxed, one feels bliss. Well, now, wait a minute. If you look at the party, let's go right into the poly right now. The okay. relaxed part is the passive. Passive ha kayo. The kayo is the body. And now we say sukam, and then if you roll over, you can see verity means he feels. Okay? Yep. This, in fact, you can see uh, vedana in its root form there, or mm. um, not its root, but you can see the root of Vedana that's yep. in, in there, especially in the sense of this Vedi T. The word T is, is often used as a, um, an ending expletive for oratory. T. Right. Okay. okay. And so that's what that T there is on that. Uh, but in fact, they're looking at the, uh, the Vedi. Okay, yep. so uh, when the body is relaxed, one feels sukha. Mm. Well, that's, that's very true. And when sukha comes, and so this word blissful, he should not have translated that. He should have left that as sukha so that the students can begin to learn a little poly right to its roots. Oh, uh, yeah, that would actually be quite, quite good. Um, yeah. Okay, so the next one, Sukino Sitam Samadhyati. You can see the Samadhi Samadhi right mm -hmm. there, Samadhyati, okay? Mm -hmm. We've already talked about what the word samati means is collected together. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when the mind is in sukha, the, the chitta part of the mind, the, uh, uh, the more primitive part of uh, the emotional systems, etc., uh, sukham chittam uh, samudayati. So it's, you can see the samati built right into it mm -hmm. and he goes way overboard and calls it immersed yeah i've noticed he uses immersed a lot ah uh, okay so let's <laughs> let's look at the word immersed for a moment in relationship to what we do know about the jhanas in the sutta Deep. and what we and what we come across is in fact the analogy of the second jhana where the, where the student uh, in reality or through experience remembers that he can become immersed in a pond that has a, a wellspring under and that everything is bubbling up and all of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But this, this passage right here is talking about when you're hearing the John, when you're hearing, you're just sitting and listening to the Dhamma. Mm. 
and you can fall into first jhana. Why? Because you're really into it. You really like it. But yep. when he uses words immersion, he's actually pointing at higher jhanas, and that is, in fact, not just a problem for the translators. It becomes a problem for those who are trying to understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. When we read that, we, we automatically stop at words like that and say, whoa, whoa, I'm not ready for that. Yes, you are. <laughs> you're reading this stuff and you're getting it out of it. This is, he's talking about a natural process here. He mm. is not talking magic. But the translators have gotten into the habit of translating it magically from the very beginning. Yep. Wiles Davies own up through Bodhi and um, now Subato is borrowing from their tradition. Mm -hmm. Okay. He says then, this is the first opportunity to freedom. If a mendicant stays diligent, keen, and resolute at this time, their mind is freed, their defilements are ended, and they arrive at the supermundane sanctuary. Well, again, that super mundane sanctuary business. Let's see what we can do. Uh, okay, the key word that I'm looking for here and find it several times is the word va. The word? Because the word wa or va. Ka. Right. Okay, that's Either the word or. for and. And I can find it one, two, three times, which means that if the translation is true to form, every and in the text conforms to the ands that we find in the Pali. Mm -hmm. Okay? Little trick there. <laughs> so, an anutparam, which means having no sub nothing better. Yep. Yoga here means, um, actually, the word yoga actually is work. Okay. Not attachment. So, uh, yoga kayam is, uh, or kimam, is, in fact, um, letting go or releasing the work that we have to do. In other words, the work is finished. Mm-hmm. And now, this anumpa punati means just reaches or attains. So what it means is, is that basically, that's the job to be done. And that there's nothing better than this. Mm -hmm. Okay, This nothing better than this, when you've been in the Catholic Church even one time, you start using words like supreme. <laughs> <It's sanctioned. laughs> okay. And that's not what the Pali is saying. Now, let's go deeper into the uh, actual sutta itself, because basically what we're talking about here is that if we listen and um, go uh, really deep into the understanding of the Dhamma, the way that the teacher is teaching it, then the student will naturally fall right into first jhana while he's listening. Because I know that, I use that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but I also recognize that it really doesn't have anything to do with the way that I teach it. It has to do with the fact that if the student really, really gets that dhamma, he'll say, 
aha, I got it. <laughs> and that's what we're looking for, that kind of aha, that that relaxation of now I understand it. Now I've got it. Mm. Okay. This is the first opportunity for freedom, it says. Furthermore, it may be that neither the teacher nor a respected spiritual companion teaches the Dhamma to a mendicant, but rather the mendicant is the one who's teaching the Dhamma in detail to others as they have learned and memorized it too. Uh -huh. Wow, now this is a really important point. This is something, in fact, that uh, Achan Po drilled into me. Okay. He says, well, if you're going to learn the Dhamma, you got to teach it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> and, uh, basically, this, this sutta is saying, oh, no, not only that, but as one teaches the Dhamma, possibly the right way to do it is while in first jhana, that you reach the first jhana and you work with that. Okay. That, the, that the mendicant feels inspired by the meaning and the teaching. Well, if I'm not inspired by the Dhamma, then why the heck am I even out here? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, so it doesn't matter really how they teach it in Dale. The fact is, is that when the teacher has the spirit of the Dhamma, then that's what happens. The feeling uh, inspires with that, the joy springs up. Seen any mm. lately? Being joyful, rapture springs up. When the mind is full of rapture, the body becomes um, relaxed. Uh, relaxed. When the body is relaxed, one feels sukha mm. and bliss. Okay? And you can see that. Uh, when he says feeling inspired, joy springs up. Well, let's look at what that means here, because there's a word in here that I want to look at, uh, and let's look at it backwards, okay? Jayati is the word that means to born or raise or springs up. But uh, so you you're born in a good state. Uh, well, in fact, that's exactly right. <laughs> you got it. You reached the point quicker than I wanted you to. <laughs> okay, because you take the T off because the T is just an expletive that can be deleted. Mm. Or maybe we should start using it in our English language, T. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> that's right. There's your word, birth. But here is used correctly in the sense of just arising or bringing up. All right, so let's look at the word before that. This is my beauty, okay? Delight. Pamojam. Guess where the word mojo comes from? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and let's look at it on the rollover, and it says delight, mm. joy, happiness, okay? That's what springs up. There's the joy. Mm -hmm. And so in this, it's saying that the pity or the excitement part arises uh, with this delight that we have. So mm -hmm. let's go back to the next one, and we see the Dhamma Pati Sambedino. You see that word? Yeah. Dhamma Pati Sambedino. All right. Let's roll over it, and it says, uh, it's talking about one of the ways of using it is doctrine, which we would naturally use, uh -huh. the Buddha Dhamma, but then it's using the word truth or nature. Uh -huh. 
Okay, and so if we all look at that it, that way, then the word pati is a prefix that means uh, or backwards or whatever like that. Um, and so um, Sam here means right or true. It doesn't mean permanent and eternal the way that they think it does. But Vedi has, again, the word to know, but you can see, in fact, the word know here is Vedana know. Uh-huh. Know down deep. Now let's look at the other one before that, and we find the word atha, which has to do with, if you look down in there, you'll see that actually what they're looking at is a practical application and the results in, as opposed to the theory. What do you mean? The word atha yep. and the word atha pati samvedo. Yep. Atha here is actually the application or the process, not a theoretical thing. Right, Atha okay. expresses, uh, say, the goal as opposed to the doctrine. But uh-huh. it's really not the goal because it's more the practical application. Uh-huh. Okay. So here we're talking about that the joy springs up and he uses the word inspired. Well, certainly we're talking about a really deep feeling about both the way that we practice and the Dhamma in general, either as taught by the Buddha or how it all fits together. In other words, this is that insight or that whole thing. But look how many words it takes in the Pali to try to put that out. So this is where that quality inspired comes from. I'm not sure that inspired is the right word. But meanwhile, on with that, the, the, the next one down is it says now, Pamutia Rasa, greatly delighted. Uh. Greatly delighted, okay? In fact, here's something that you can see is um, the delight um, that pamu uh, pamuja here the, it's a d but it's the same part that mojo that mm-hmm. delight mm-hmm. okay uh, that can do that quality that we hear sometimes uh, on television here hold my beer Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to take. I'll take that one. Right. This is <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Okay. Like I've got it. And so that's what happens with many teachers is they become quite delighted with yep. the dharma. And when the when the mind is full of this delight, this rapture, then the body becomes uh, passive. You can see uh, pity. Manasa, okay? Mm-hmm. Here, we're not using the word Sita. Here, we're using the word Mana. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because this is the Buddha's way of talking about the higher mind. Okay. Okay, this is the higher mind. The Sita is actually the lower mind, the mind that talks and thinks and feels. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here we're talking about the higher mind is full of rapture in the sense of this is all about attitude. Mm-hmm. 
okay? And the attitude is fearless. The attitude of uh, uh, complete me in it. I've got it. Yep. I've got this covered. We've got this one. And with that, we can relax. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. And so, Kayo passim butati, which means basically calms down. So the body calms down. Why then does Subrato go and borrow Bhikkhu Buddha, uh, excuse me, uh, Bhikkhu Bodhi's word tranquil or tranquilize? Because it's the same word that is used in the um, um, Anapanasati Sutta for step four of Anapanasati. It really just means relax. relax. Okay. Yeah, because relaxation of the body is all about the sukha, and you can see how they're intertwined here in the way that this is put together. Yeah, because I always used to think tranquility was kind of like way out there somewhere yeah <laughs> exactly out of your range exactly. something a little bit different from the pt and the suka and something yeah mm-hmm. well I'm never if we relaxed can things, if we can think if we can make things that come from a foreign place sound foreign they'll stay foreign and because of that, it's difficult for the students. We need yeah. to make this stuff easy yeah. because it really was easy for the guys who were sitting and listening to what the Buddha said. They understood his language. Yeah, I mean, you know, le- reading all the, um, all the suttas and stuff, it doesn't seem like these people found it difficult at all. And yet there's us. Um, nowadays, everyone finds we things really something difficult. something special. Yeah. <laughs> And it's freedom, like, I don't want freedom, yeah. I want, I don't know what, but it's got to be magical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's some magical thing with these suitors, and it's unattainable. Right, but here you can see that no, not only is first jhana attainable, but it's attainable while you're listening to your teacher talk. Mm. Or it's attainable for the teacher while he's giving a dhamma talk. Yep. That is what it's about that makes it possible for people to practice and get into the, uh, uh, the first jhana, mm. which we'll cover in a moment. All right, so now this is the second opportunity for freedom. Furthermore, and then he leads out a whole lot. This is another thing that the translators do. Is, is that this second opportunity for freedom, you see, in the polytext, with the full polytext, when the monks originally were tran- chanting this, knowing what they were talking about, this is that one of those points of repetition. Yep. And the repetition and the repetition and the repetition is why uh, the sutras work the way that they do, if you really understand what they're saying word by word is you repetition through them. But mm-hmm. the translators are trying to make it easy for people, Yep. I, I guess, to read, if not to understand. Yep. But we no, want to just to understand it, but to go deep with it. Okay? And so for the same mentality of using words like tranquil um, and supreme sanctuary, 
is that same mentality that says, well, since it's unavailable to me, it's unavailable to everybody, why do I have to bother with going through the repetition that mm-hmm. are actually steps of the ladder that takes us up there? <laughs> yeah, I feel like the repetition is actually useful, almost. Um, useful to gauge concentration. Um, and also to kind of drill it in as well drill in the message right to drill in i mean if you're going to strike oil you have to dig or drill yeah you have to keep digging and keep digging well in this case we have to keep coming back to joy keep mm-hmm. piling it on okay now the next one further it may not be that either the teacher nor the mendicant teaches dharma but the mendicant is reciting and he recites the teachings in detail. And he's and as he learned uh, and memorized it. And I have <laughs> seen monks. In fact, I have great respect for uh, Mahasamsat. That I would walk by his room and there he was reciting the Pali out loud <laughs> in his room. Going over it and over it and over it again. And it, it does work. And so with this repetition of and the understanding of this um, recitation. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons why so many things are done in fives. Like this is the fives and it's got five ways of getting into first jhana. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so many, you know, Four Noble Truths, Eight Four Noble Paths, Sixteen Steps of Anapanasati, and we can just keep numbering everything. Yep. Well, the reason Part of the reason for the numbering is then we can keep track. If we remember how many there are of them, then that'll inspire us to remember how, you know, each one of them mm-hmm. one by one as we're trying to talk about it. Yep. And so if we got five topics to cover, okay, we're on to number three now. <laughs> yeah. And that's when the guy is off on his own and he's working with it and he's still talking about and thinking about the Dhamma itself. Mm. Three times we're in the Dhamma so far. Yep. Okay, that the Dhamma is the, is the key when it's inspiring and we wake up to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we can skip down now past this other, uh, uh, down to the next furthermore. Or this is the third opportunity for freedom. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, it may be that neither the teacher nor the mendicant teaches nor does the mendicant recite the teaching. But the mendicant thinks about and considers the teaching in their heart, examines it with the mind, and they learn it and they memorize it or they put it to memory that way. Uh-huh. So you can imagine then the, the, the Dhamma dude has just you know had a talk yesterday or whatever and he's driving down the road in his car and he's thinking about the Dhamma and he'll just howl with laughter. <laughs> yep. Because he gets it, okay? Yep. This is that quality also, that we can get immediate inspiration when we continue to think about and dwell and put that as the, the top focus of. This is in fact where this sutta fits in very well with 47 in the sense of the guy who's doing this, he's the one who's really been in the Dhamma for a while and he's really got it on his mind all the time. Uh. 
Okay. And so again, feeling inspired, joy springs up. With joy, rapture springs. With the mind full of rapture, the body becomes relaxed. And when the mind, when the body is relaxed, the sukha feeling, the feeling of everything's sabai, sukha, uh. it comes. And when this sukha feeling, the mind becomes not immersed in samadhi, but rather collected together. Uh. that he's promising too much. And when people read immersed in Samadhi, they put it way, way up there. Yep. But if you actually understand what Samadhi means, because in fact, the word immersed is nowhere to be found. Yeah. Look at it and it says, Sukino, Sukha. Now we've already talked about when the mind is pity. Mm-hmm. Now we say Sukino, Chittam. Now the mind becomes immersed in samadhi. No. No. This is the word chittam. is not the same word for the same mind as we had earlier. Now what it's saying is, is that now with this, uh, the uh, mind becomes unified in the sense that the reptilian part of the mind now really comes along and the mind becomes unified in that oh. sukha. Sukuno Chitam Samadhiya Samadhiya T T Yeah, Samadhiya T Which is that Ending, it's almost the, the period mm-hmm. Okay Sukino Chitam this is the fourth opportunity for freedom, but again, it's still the Dhamma, or so far. Furthermore, it may be that neither the teacher nor the mendicant reaches the Dhamma, nor does the mendicant recite the Dhamma or even think about it. Uh. But a mendicant subject to as a foundation of immersion is properly grasped, attended, born in mind, and comprehended with wisdom. In other words, if they take instruction in Anapanasati, they don't even have to hear anything about Uh, Buddha's Dhamma. uh They can take just the only uh, the Anapanasati part. That mendicant feels inspired by the meanings and the teachings in the Dhamma no matter how a mendicant uh, subject has the foundation emerging, he's properly grasped, attended, born in mind, and comprehended with wisdom. And by doing this, in other words, we, we, we begin to get that it's really okay that I feel good. Uh. All right, so let's look at some of the poly here. Okay, uh, I see the third at the end. Is <laughs> there's a trick also? 
about finding the the ends if there's a bunch of them so that you can break down a big passage. Oh, this is okay. also we've started before. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Now what we're talking about is uh, the part where it says, but a mendicant subject as a foundation of immersion is properly grasped, attended to, born in mind and comprehended with wisdom. So that last line, and comprehended with wisdom, yep. that part is the second line of the poly, which is uh, uh, supati vedanam, panya. You can, panyaya. Okay, so that yep. word panyaya is in fact the wisdom. That's, wisdom, that's yeah. knowledge, that's understanding, okay. And the word before that uh, means thoroughly understood, or we've got it. But we can also see, again, the word Vedam in there. Yes. Okay. And so, uh, okay, now let's go for the, um, up to the last line and look at the last two words there. The one... Um, we can see uh, Sikantam or Sumanasikantam, uh, which is actually uh, uh, brightening the mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, to gladden the mind, but you can see the Manu in there also. The Supataratam mm -hmm. means that we. This is the part about over and over and over again. It looks like well-considered, but you can also see that this is the quality of sati. A well-considered, yes. keeping it in mind over yep. and over and over again. Okay, This is where the mind, because it keeps growing into it over and over again, it does actually reach that deep level of understanding, which then gives us wisdom. Mm-hmm. All right, this is a natural process, and it does not require the Dhamma. But here, I think that uh, when Sugato is using the word Dhamma, he's capitalized it wrongly. Because we're already talking about the kind of Dhamma that is not the Buddha Dhamma. This is not one of the four. This is one, how to gain first jhana without mm. the Dhamma. Yep. This is possibly the way that he learned it as a child. This is the way that we almost always teach it if we're actually teaching students first jhana. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, backing up a little bit more. Sugati time means grasped tightly, well learned. So mm. this is um, uh, kind of an object because of that time. You can see, in fact, words that end in time or with that A with an M underneath is mm -hmm. always in, the, in this language the dative case. The dative? Is the dative case. What is the dative? That's the object case. Right. Sam hit Susie. Susie is in dative case, but... Uh, and in Pali, you would say Susie Tom. Yep. <laughs> okay. Susie Tom. <laughs> 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 
Well, you hear that in the uh, um, uh, the resuscitations on, um, that they give at the at the what? Budam, Saranam, Gachami. Damam Saranam Gachami. Why? Because they're in dative case. Budam Saranam Gachami means I go to refuge to refuge in the Buddha. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. Okay, so here's our word samati again. Yep. And now it's right. got a nimita with it. Uh-huh. Uh Okay. Well, here the nimita that they get so wrapped up with uh, means basically the object or the thing that we focus on that brings the mind together. Uh And so in the beginning, we use the breath for Uh that. So with this uh, subject of foundation or immersion, they say, I don't know what because see the word immersion again sounds so far away. Uh. And so it sounds really hard to do. But samadhi doesn't necessarily mean immersion. It means collection. And with this nimitam here, uh. we, can, we can see that, okay, when a, mend, when a meditation subject, okay, so that's the nimitam. Uh-huh as a foundation for immersion, well, okay, all right, so we have an object or we start someplace, and by attaining that, we become collected around that point. This is yep. basically what he's talking about. The language that he's using here is quite highfalutin. Yep. The mind just calms down and um, comes together on the one thing. And so even without the Dhamma, one can put oneself in this state intentionally if they know what they're doing, Mm. which is basically the steps of Anapanasati. So the Buddha actually lays it out in Anapanasati. Here's exactly what we're doing anyway. Mm. But he he expects people to walk up from out off the street into the dojo or whatever and hear the Dhamma and get it immediately. Mm. Why isn't that possible here in the West? It's because we've got a magical idea of what it is to get it. Yep. And that much of what we're actually going to get goes against the grain of our society. Yeah. Look at all the derogatory language. Okay, hobo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that this would have been a better translation instead of translating it as mendicant. He should have translated it as a hobo. Because then people would say, yeah, we can do it. We're all hobos at heart. <laughs> Get yep. me out of here. <laughs> so um, going down a little bit further, in fact, we're almost at the end because here we're talking about this immersion in or getting the mind collected together. Mm-hmm then one can also uh, feelings that we're talking about these feelings of joy spring up Uh and with that uh, um, 
Pemudasai Pati Jayati. So, this joy brings on the rapture, especially if you've got the right idea or the right attitude. Yep. So, all of the steps are the same here to get into that state. So, and when blissful, the mind becomes immersed in samadhi. Well, mm-hmm. except for one thing now. Now it's sounding circular because up in the beginning they were already using the word samadhi. Samadhi oh, yeah. yeah. Alright. So, so the word what's samadhi, this and what's that? Because we're looking at it not because it's not necessarily circular, but in the in the Pali language it's got different um points to it. But here we're really talking about the Sukino Sitam uh, Samati Dayati. In other words, it's not just um, taking the object and therefore getting the thinking part of the brain going. Now, the, it's the deeper mind. Uh-huh. The Sitam becomes Im- also not becomes immersed in Samati. No, <laughs> let us say that the, uh, the deeper part of the mind enjoy uh joins the bliss show mm-hmm. or the uh, uh uh the delight band so that would be second jhana then no we're still talking about first jhana here okay so it's just a different a deeper level to it well let us say that this then would be the um getting into it this would be the second half of the fruit of the first jhana. Second half of the fruit? Oh, because the Pardon. first half is the joy. Well, the first half is the development and the sustaining it. Now oh, it's just okay. a complete, okay, here's the fruit. The fruit of it is that now, Sukino Chitam Samatiati. Mm-hmm. I've said it for right that time. <laughs> and then he says, this is the fifth opportunity, and then he repeats that that we've gone to. Mm-hmm. Here are the five opportunities for freedom. All right, now, wait a minute, back up. Let's go down and look at the poly in this, and then you'll see Pancha, five. We can see... Uh, Imani Kobikove, which is just in Pancha 5, Vimuti Yatani, this is freedom. Okay, mm-hmm. the five opportunities are, uh, and, Yatha um, Okay, so he's just going through here what we talked about before, being keen. But now let's look at, um, this apamata uh, means small, and yet I don't see him take the word small in, in that. Mm-hmm. He says, if the mendicant stays diligent, keen, and resolute at these times, uh, but I don't see how that word puts in there. But the next one, uh, which is uh, kind of a zealot, or he exerts himself, or he puts out the exertion for it. This would be, I guess, resolute. 
But here we're talking about an actual energy of putting it out, which I didn't see in any of the words that he put in there. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, I think that we've already covered much of that in there. So... These are the five freedoms. If a mendicant stays, um, I would say that apamatasa would have to be in the um, in in the way of in the vicinity or in the area. Right. This is what would give ideas of access concentration. But this here is would be accent not to concentration because we're not even using the word samati here, even if we translate it wrong. But rather, we're talking about a frame of mind. In other words, diligent, keen, resolute points mm -hmm. in the right direction. I'm just not sure that those are the right words to use because it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it does. So where zeal has a whole lot more to do with that. I'm so interested and curious about it that the energy just, I mean, <laughs> the, the work is to not do it. <laughs> yep. All right, so that's the end of this sutta, but let's go back and review it in the sense that this is, first off, what we can say is more than likely, this is a sutta that happened mm, perhaps decades if not centuries after the time of the Buddha himself and All one right. of the dead giveaways is there's no thus I have heard as a way of starting it off right okay alright so but there's nothing wrong with this because everything in here fits precisely the way that it works, but it all, uh, the way that the Dhamma works, but it gives some insights into the sense of the power of the Dhamma itself. Mm. Because a lot of people can say, how can he blah, blah, if he doesn't meditate? Yeah. Okay, the answer is, well, how do you know what is meditation? Because it looks like that for you, meditation is the struggling with number five and not getting it. Yep, exactly. As, as opposed to getting it, and then we go through those stages, or we can just understand it. Uh-huh. And we can okay. just place our mind into that state. that we're, When we really understand what the practice is, we can just go into it immediately. Huh! Yeah. Like that. <laughs> It's not a hard thing for us humans to do, but these the way that the sutras are translated, they try to make it really, really hard on us. Yeah. I think that may have something to do with uh, the Christian mentality of sin. Mm -hmm. In the sense that Air how hard you struggle, you can't be free from sin because they've got this long-term kind of thing about it. Uh -huh. Okay, but where we're talking about here in all cases, right here, right now, you can go into a happy state. 
This is what needs to be practiced. Just remembering the Buddha uh -huh. for some is enough to get them into that really happy state. Yeah. Okay. So if we understand that, then we can understand, oh, I don't have to suffer and sin and go to confessional and work really hard for some future benefit. Yeah. And have that benefit right here, right now. Yeah. That's what so many of the Westerners are missing out on. Yeah, I read, um, I read, uh, the Majjhima Nikaya. I think it's 101. It was, um, quite a difficult read. Um, but he, uh, the Buddha sp spoke about, um, he was telling a story about what he told to the Jains. Is that the story? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. I it's think a... part of the problem with that one, again, would be the translation. Go tear into the poly to see what's yeah. going on there. Some bits, were, some bits did seem a bit funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially when we have these tools. I mean, they're not yeah. perfect tools, but they can get us a long way into looking at what's going on. Yeah, very useful. Um, anyway, uh, what I was saying is uh, that that sutta also talks about the whole, um, you know, the free will that how we feel now is um, is is um, also to do with our free will right now, how we choose mm -hmm. to how we choose to deal with the now, basically. Precisely. Yeah. And we can we can pray with the right now delightfully. That's um, mm -hmm. part of the way of looking at it is to uh, become delighted with the Dhamma. Mm. Yeah, it does have like a kind of um, joyful nature to it. I think um, we're reading it kind of it. Reading it does collect... Like it was a together. religion. <laughs> Sorry? Reading it like it was a religion. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Something serious and heavy with big authority figures and punishments and... You know the story. Yep. <laughs> but this is being free from all of that. Is to recognize we can be free. We do not have to buy... Uh, and then carry around the weight that society has decided that it wants each human to carry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been noticing, I've been um, thinking about that a lot recently. Um, yeah, just, um, you know, all of these societal things that everyone is burdened with and it's just an endless chasing just chasing for these i suppose these highs and um yeah i mean it's like you put in so much effort for so little and it's just um like you don't you don't need to do that at all 
That's right. We can sit down and relax. Yeah. When the cat's away, the mice will play, and the cat's in the mouse's head. And it's all because of this idea of self. Um, everything and things are dangerous. we got to protect the self. It's not yeah. just that there's the self, it's that it needs to be protected. Yeah. Well, we can you come out there. You don't need to be feeling like you need protection. Yeah, exactly. Feel good instead. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the Dharma is really marvelous. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, let's finish this one off, and we'll talk mm -hmm. later. I hope that you enjoyed our little adventure into a bit of Polly. Yeah, it was being. It's like uh, being back in school. <laughs> in a good way, of course. <laughs> oh, you enjoyed school, huh? <laughs> well, I enjoyed the good parts. Some some things I really didn't like, but other things I liked a lot. <laughs> What was it that you didn't like? Authority. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the school you went to as a child. I was talking yes. about the, uh, uh, what you didn't like about the talk we just had. Oh, no, I liked everything about the talk. I thought I thought oh, you were talking okay, about... Okay, I, I misunderstood you. Past. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Chitano, we'll see you later. All right, Damrato. Good talk.